and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And this segment of our podcast, we call Theology for Everyone. Right now, we are working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Been doing this for better part of a year, at least. I don't even know. I haven't, I haven't, Kevin, you know how long? We've been doing this thing? Somewhere about a year and a half, I think. A year and a half. (laughs) So working our way through it, uh, small, historic, systematic theology that kind of breaks the scriptures down by themes so we can understand what the Bible teaches about different uh, themes or different topics. Right now, we are in chapter 24 on marriage. And so we're learning uh, what the Bible teaches about marriage. We did Articles 1, 2, and 3 last week, and now we're going to do 4, 5, and 6. Is that right? 4, yep. 5, and 6 this week. And so, gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? How's it going, guys? I'm Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Knorr, Pastoral Assistant. And Rob Spikes, Pastor of Discipleship. All right, well, let's just jump right into it. Of Marriage and Divorce, Chapter 24. Kevin's back with us, so um, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and read Article 4 for us. Marriage ought not to be within the degrees of consanguinity or affinity forbidden by the word, nor can such incestuous marriages ever be made lawful by any law of man or consent of parties, so as those persons may live together as man and wife. Okay, we got some big words that we don't (laughs) use very often. Marriage ought not to be within the degrees of consanguinity or affinity forbidden by the word. In other words, you can't marry your immediate relatives. That's what it's talking about there. It means close relatives. What's the text we have for that? We have 1 Corinthians 5, 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of the kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. What? Mm. Okay. No, son. You cannot... Uh, we don't know exactly the details there. If that was an adulterous relationship with uh, his father's wife, maybe his stepmom, or if that was his father had died and then he was uh, trying to be with his st- his father or stepmom, basically. But that is uh, not prohibited. That is not allowed in scriptures. That is contrary to the word of God, and. Um, do we have another scripture for that, or is that the only one we're going with? I have Amos 2.7. Okay. Those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted, a man and his father go into the same girl, so that my holy name is profaned. Hmm. Oof. Wow. Woof. That's, yeah, woof is right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's ugly. Yep. All right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. it, it does kind of give you the... You, you read this in the context. I, and unfortunately, I would say that seems like something I could see have happen in our day, but you realize, oh, no, man has been at this, uh, you know, really uh, ugly sin from the beginning. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, so. Yep. So, nor can such incestuous marriages ever be made lawful by any law of man or consent of parties, so as those persons may live together as man and wife. Text. Mark 6.18, for John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. All right. So that wasn't even an incestuous relationship. That was just the 
his brother, his brother's wife, and um, Herod was taking. Is it Herod? Yep. Yeah, Herod, Herod was Herod. taking his brother's wife, and John said, "It's not lawful for you to do that." And the Westminster divines here are saying it doesn't matter if some godless society were to say it's okay. Mm-hmm. In God's law, it is never okay to have an incestuous relationship or that kind of weird close relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been there are movie stars that I know of, and I don't want to name it off the top of my head because I wasn't thinking about it before and I didn't go research it, but. Famous actors that married their um, wife's, they married their stepdaughter, mm. married their stepdaughter. Yeah. And that is forbidden by the word of God and it should be avoided. <clears throat> and um, so this is for everyone, all in, in all different places, not just for um, our friends down in Kentucky. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Is that going to stay in? <laughs> yeah, it's going to stay in. I hope Bryson's listening to this. Oh, he's listening. So, good, good. All right. And he would make me. He would make an Alabama joke back at me. So. <laughs> oh, that's so, good. All right. So that's Article 4. Uh, no incest and no uh, re- marriage between close relationships. Okay? Article 5. Kevin, you want to read that one? You bet. Adultery or fornication committed after a contract being detected before marriage gives just occasion to the innocent party to dissolve that contract. In the case of adultery after marriage, it is lawful for the innocent party to sue out a divorce and, after the divorce, to marry another as if the offending party were dead. Okay. So here we have the issue of Adultery or fornication happening before the marriage, but after um, engagement, mm-hmm. and f- adultery and fornication after the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, adultery or fornication, fornication, if you don't know, it means sex outside of marriage, committed after a contract, so after you have been, uh, after you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Being detected before marriage giveth just occasion to the innocent party to dissolve that contract. Um, what text do we have for that? Matthew 1? Yeah, Matthew 1. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to jo- Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and willing to put her, not willing to put her to shame, Resolved to di- to divorce her quantities quietly, quietly, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife." Okay, hmm. so what is the biblical justification? Jesus's parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they were under contract. They mm-hmm. were um, engaged. Yeah. to be married and he found her with child and they had not had sexual intercourse and so he was going to divorce her quietly I know we wouldn't use the word divorce today to mm-hmm. break off an engagement but they did and it took an angel uh, showing up and saying Joseph nope yep she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit yeah. didn't cheat on you mm-hmm. okay so now yeah and I think it's important to, to, to understand here that it gives cause, but it doesn't. It doesn't mandate. In yep. other words, a man could 
forgive. Yeah, he could forgive. He could forgive and press forward. So I think it's important to realize this isn't this isn't mandated that he has to divorce her. It just gives just cause for that divorce. Yeah. 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 In the case of adultery after marriage, it is lawful for the innocent party to sue out a divorce. Matthew Matthew, five. Yep. Matthew five thirty one and thirty two. It was also said, whoever, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Okay, so that we see Jesus there saying that, again, adultery after marriage is grounds for divorce. Now, again, it's not mandated. It doesn't say you, you should or you have to. But it is um, allowed mm-hmm. to divorce your spouse if they cheated on you. Yeah. Okay? Um, and after the divorce, to marry another as if the offending party were dead. Text. Romans 7, 2, and 3. Um, For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives... But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. All right. Now, this is a very controversial topic. Because when Jesus here is talking, he's saying, and if you take scripture as a whole, so Jesus says, um, sexual morality is reason for divorce. But if you search the scriptures, you can actually find two more reasons. I think it was what we typically say is sexual immorality, uh, abandonment, and abuse. Those are the three reasons why that, that's lawful for you to divorce. And then if you're the innocent party to get married again. Yeah. But if you divorce your wife... For in, or spouse for any other reason, then you are to remain, you are to ma- remain single, mm-hmm. or you cause, or you commit sexual morality, mm-hmm. and so I think the desire, God's desire in that would be for you to seek reconciliation with your spouse, yeah. Yeah. and not to to, um, since the no far, fault divorce laws in the United in the United States since they happened I can't remember when those when those happened if it was in the 60s or the 70s yeah late 60s early 70s yeah, yeah. Um, we we have this different idea of love this different idea of marriage this different idea of the human personhood and what's good and what's happening and so we think that we can just get a divorce if we're no longer quote unquote in love with the person anymore mm-hmm. yeah. and we can just move on and we can try to marry somebody else um, but the one flesh union between a man and a woman was meant to be lifetime. Yep. And so if you sought a divorce for an unbiblical reason, then you got in God's eyes, you're still one flesh yep. with your spouse. And uh, now this brings up a lot of complexity <laughs> in our society because of how tangled a web our sin uh makes of these relationships, people having sex outside of marriage, people getting married, people getting divorced, married again, married again, married, you know, multiple times. Well, who am I really married to? Yeah, only God knows uh, when it gets that confused. But 
Um, Jesus shows us. Jesus tells us specifically that we're to take um, our marriage seriously, yeah. and we're not to divorce for any other reason than sexual morality, abandonment, or abuse. Yeah, and you can see how uh, the shift away. What is love in the sense of what? What does it mean to love someone? We can see the shift away from that which was love in one sense is an act. It's a it's a decision of the will. It's I'm going to do you know an action. It gets shifted away into an internalized emotion and mm-hmm. feeling. And when that began to shift in the in the '60s and the '70s, where you began to identify, uh, you know, really what was good and right was how I felt about it. That's when we began to see this this change and shift, where then all of a sudden we are defining love as something that I feel an emotional yeah. emotional feel. And so, you know, it, when you when you're in a relationship, and and you know, it, there are times when our marriages are difficult, and you don't always feel all that much in love with the the person that you're having to kind of wrestle with in terms of uh, life itself, yeah. uh, that's when God's definition of, of, of love and God's definition of marriage then helps us get through those times where we we commit our wills to what we need, we know God's Word is telling us to do. We make action, and uh, many times, you know, God gets us through those times, and that, that emotion that we're looking for comes back. You comes know? back, and yeah. it's better. It's yeah. better. Deep, deeper, better. Deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um based in a based in reality as opposed to just based in kind of our I would say like animalistic emotion or or, or hormones or yeah. that newness that you get when you have a new relationship that's so intense but it it burns it's like lighter fluid yeah it, yeah. and then it burns, burns out, out. Right. Yeah. you know but mm. uh, that commitment that agape love mm-hmm. is the slow burn that can that can keep burning through a life and, and bring us into uh, all the way to death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Article 6. Although the corruption of man be such as is apt to study arguments unduly to put asunder those whom God has joined together in marriage, yet nothing but adultery or such willful desertion as can no way be remedied by the church or civil magistrate is cause sufficient of dissolving the bonds of marriage, wherein a public and orderly course of proceeding is to be observed, and the persons concerned in it not left to their own wills and discretion in their own case. Okay. Hmm. Although the corruption of man be such as is apt to study arguments unduly to put asunder those whom God hath joined together in marriage. So he's saying they're saying here, the sinfulness of man is going to look for another way out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if you know the history of the kings of Britain and such, right? Kings of England and all that's what they did. They yeah. they looked for any way they could possibly in the, even dividing the kingdom even dividing kingdoms in order to divorce their wife and marry somebody else that they wanted to mm. and they're saying they're saying that is that is not okay yeah. nothing but adultery or such willful desertion this can no way be remedied by the church or civil magistrate is cause of sufficient dissolving the bond of marriage so mm. it, it, here we're saying that that your church and your civil magistrate cannot get you out of this. Like mm. you are, it doesn't matter what your pastor says. It doesn't matter what the Pope says. It doesn't matter what this priest says. It doesn't matter if your government will give you a divorce. God is saying you are still married in his eyes mm-hmm. unless you were willfully deserted or 
they committed adultery. Yeah. Is cause sufficient of dissolving the bond of marriage? Uh, what text do we have for that? We got Matthew 19, 8. He said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to, to divorce your wife. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Okay. Wherein a public and orderly course of proceeding is to be observed and the persons concerned in it not left to their own wills or discretion in their own case. So is this on... So when you are dissolving the bond of marriage... A public and orderly course of proceeding is to be observed, and the persons concerned in it not left to their own wills and discretion in their own case. So, this, that is to be adjudicated, adjudicated mm-hmm. by your church and by a civil magistrate. That divorce pre- proceeding, you don't just do it on your own. What text do we have for that? Deuteronomy twenty-four. Deuteronomy twenty-four one through four. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if she then finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her. And he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house. And she departs out of his house. And if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house. Or if the latter man dies, who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin upon the lands that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. Mm. So I'm thinking specifically that process, you know, God clearly putting a process for what this should look like in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we notice here that that sin affects the people. It affects Mm. their relationships. But it also says that a curse would come upon the land. Mm. Mm-hmm. That there are society-wide effects of divorce. And this is what our society just doesn't get. Mm-hmm. They say things all the time. Who cares as long as nobody gets hurt? And, hurt. and it's like, it's like, oh, look, there was no explosion. Nobody's bloody. You know, no, I, uh, kids are resilient. They'll get over it. Like, they don't see the, the damage that's going to take place, that, that's causing emotional damage, cause relational damage, damaging the child's understanding of marriage, the institution, of a husband, a father, who, who takes care of them, the way they're meant to work together. But then that ricochets out to society, yeah. where now we have men who are deathly afraid of marriage. We have women who are deathly afraid of marriage. But everybody still wants to have sex, mm-hmm. and so they're sleeping around, and they're having sex, and people are still getting pregnant, and those kids are being raised by single parents, and then they're the most likely, a single mom is the most likely person in our country to be poor, mm-hmm. to be undereducated. Why? Because she doesn't have the resources mm-hmm. to k- take care of that child. Why? Yeah. Because the man is not paying child support. He's not, you know, he's not supporting. He's not out working. And so this, the problems society-wide that this causes you know like we we should look at this and just and we should go god's commands it we're going to obey it Mm -hmm. but most of the time we don't and we think oh there's no there's not a big deal it's just an arbitrary rule it's not an arbitrary rule the family is the foundation of any society Mm -hmm. you can't have like so we talked this we talked yesterday in a sermon religion is upstream from politics 
religion is meant to influence every mm-hmm. every step along that way. It's meant to shape homes in a certain direction, right? If you don't have those homes, you won't have a, 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 a just and godly and a righteous mm-hmm. society. Yeah. So that's like, so we just think, oh, who doesn't matter? Marriage, divorce, that, that doesn't matter as long as we're happy. Mm-hmm. No, you, you've literally, you've erred so, so far upstream, right? That's like, we need churches that preach the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't have that, society's doomed, mm-hmm. okay? Next step, families built on the word of God, husband, wife, children for life, mm-hmm. right? That's the next step. Then after that, we get out into the society-wide, we get into the civic sphere or civil magistrates, we get into judges, we get into political realms, we get into all these different things. But many of us, we want to, we want to disobey God and our family and get, get divorces and marry different people and all this stuff and then hope some political leader is actually going to restore mm. our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's downstream, man. Mm-hmm. It's downstream. It's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And if I could just share a, a practical illustration of what you're talking about here. Um, shortly after we brought two of my wife's little brothers into the home, they're talking about dating or something like that. And so we asked, we're like, okay, so what, what's the purpose of dating? They're, they're six and eight, right? And the answer we got was, well, you date so that you have somebody to help you raise your baby. And so, like, just, just that practical example of you know, divorce and immorality and all this stuff, it, it does affect kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it does have an impact in how they see their place in culture and, and what their role is instead of versus God's word. Yeah. And you can add in all kind of... So there, there's confusion there, but then there's also confusion now. There, some people are wanting to, to say, well, I have two mommies. Yeah. Well, I have two daddies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, technically, no, you don't. Uh, you were created by a male and a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that type of people say, what's so wrong about homosexual marriage? It doesn't hurt anybody. It's upstream. It does. It hurts the family. Mm-hmm. And by hurting the family, it hurts the nation. It hurts society as a whole. And it brings corruption to our society. And it brings God's judgment upon us. Yeah. You know, it's uh, kind of, this has been helpful for me just thinking through as I as I look at our culture and I look at our society and, and there's, there's so much to be discouraged by. And it's, 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 there's a level of hopelessness that I feel within our society. I hopelessness I feel within politics, within our civic government. And yet in a strange way, this is encouraging for me because I don't know what to do about that. But what I'm hearing us say here is, well, I know what to do about that. I need to be working with my family. I need mm-hmm. to be loving my wife better. I need to be, you know, yeah. helping my children. I mean, yeah. I can make a difference in my society, in our culture, because it's upstream from these other things that are so disturbing in my life, you know, civic government and, and our culture as a, as a whole. And yet I can do something. Yeah. And that yeah. is I can take on my self-government first and then my the government within my family to really be loving my wife well and then our children and such so yeah that's in our church it's, it's encouraging yeah in our church yeah and our church encouraging. Because i think one of the key pieces that you put in, like you said in your sermon like even just kind of going self-government family government is that like hearts have to be changed and uh without the hearts being changed and, and god truly moving in someone's heart um that's the only way like self-government can change and that's the only way that families can yeah. change yeah. and i think that that peace gets missed and so many people are trying to like pretend or just try to be like someone else um but the thing is like only god can change your heart mm-hmm. and and then that's when true change actually happens in the homes in ourselves and in our cities yeah, yeah. and that happens when people 
come into contact with the living God. Yeah. And that happens in our gatherings. That happens when they open up the word of God. That happens when a Christian shares the gospel with mm-hmm. them, invites them into a missional community or something like that, where they, they encounter God. And when they, when the spirit of God moves upon them, yeah. their heart change, their heart mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. And that can, um, renew and restore not just their life, but whole families. Yeah. Even I the had, marriage. I, I mean, went to, so I, we, uh, my, uh, since we haven't been doing missional community, we've been going out to eat after Sundays, uh, with, with a family. We just have been choosing families and, um, we went out with a family that we'd never got to um, hang out with and never been in a missional community with before. And, um, and just they've been at the church now for about a year and a half. They got four kids, and the kids, our younger girls, said, we want to go out with them today. We're like, all right, cool. So we went out with them yesterday and just catching, just get here and they like, just hearing where they're at and, you know, what's going on and what do they do and all this kind of stuff. And and I made the comment, because he, he, he's a fabricator, and he, he uh, builds really cool stuff. And I told him, I, you know, I used to build homes. And he, do you miss it? I said, oh, yeah, I do miss it. I said, I miss the paycheck, one. And then I miss, <laughs> I said, I miss, you go to work, and you work all day, and then you leave, and something was accomplished. Like, yeah. you see mm-hmm. what you did, yeah. you know? That wall was not there when I came today, and I built that wall. And I said, in my job, I work with ideas, I work with books, I work with you know, I'm preaching sermons, but, and I work with people. So I don't, I don't see a lot of, mm. uh, a lot of things happen. You know, I don't see a lot of evidence of, of my, my work on a daily basis. And then they just, they shared, well, man. And then they, well, let me hear you. Let me tell you what happened with us. Mm. And they were on the brink of divorce and came to our, got invited. I can't remember who invited them now, but got invited to our, an outdoor gathering yeah. at, at, at Sacred City heard the gospel for the first time she got saved and the next week it was like two back-to-back sermons that were like bam bam they said wow like i think she got saved the first week and bam he got saved the second week they got baptized restored their marriage renewed their marriage changed the way they're parenting they're they're focusing on raising up christian kids now and discipleship and they're in community in the missional community has been then they then they went to an mc after they got saved and mc was super helpful so that that's that's how we that's how we change the city. That's cool. That's, that's how awesome. we change society. Yeah, it's good. You know, I, it's encouraging. I think thing too, like even just in that story, like I mean, I'm not for sure there's there's a scenario what happened or what was going on in their marriage, but when when God changes your heart, like that's when you humble yourself and pride you tend to set aside. So then that you know you're actually hearing the other person and kind of walking through some of their thoughts instead of just automatically you know ready for a rebuttal to you know oh, yeah. state your know, point I, I don't know how anybody stays married if they're not if they don't have the gospel yeah 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 for sure because the gospel yeah the gospel first off in the real world when you're out there you want to be right yeah. and you you it's hell to you to to admit that you're wrong yeah and so you're almost it's almost impossible how would you ever you know, cooperate with mm-hmm. your spouse when you so want to be right. Yeah, fight mm-hmm. for your rights. You fight, yeah. for fight, your rights. fight for your <laughs> rights. Yeah, for sure. Fight for every free night you can yeah. get. Fight. You want to spend more money than she does on yep. yourself. You mm-hmm. want to go on your trips. You want to do your thing. And the gospel comes in and it completely humbles you and it tells you that you are a sinner. Mm-hmm. And so we know that there's, like, I'm not sinless in this situation. Yeah. And it gives you that new heart that actually just wants, you know what, I want my wife to flourish. Yeah. yeah. I want her to succeed. I'm called by God to lay my life down for my wife, like yeah. Christ did for the church. And so it gives you completely different goals. It gives you new heart 
to accomplish it. It gives you a new community of people. Mm-hmm. You got men around you that are calling you out to be a better man and women around you that are calling you out yeah. to be a better woman, to submit to your husband and to work at home with your kids and develop your, you know, your, you know develop your, mm-hmm. the discipleship plan in your, in your home, husband mm-hmm. and wife, both doing that together. Like it just gives you completely different goals. Yeah. And it's just so awesome when you, when you see that, that a heart is changed um, and your marriage continues to flourish and God's getting the glory of that. But also you're like, you're changing generations because your kids get to see that. You know, your, your cousins get to see that, your family, mm-hmm. your, your aunts and uncles. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's what good looks like, you know, lining up with Scripture, loving each other well. Yep. It's good. It's good. All right. That was the final three articles on the chapter of marriage and divorce. Hopefully you learned something. If you got questions, email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. God bless.